This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. How are you all doing today? It is Thursday, and you know what Thursday means. That means we talk to the legend, Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, Michael? I'm doing Always very, a pleasure well. to talk to you. Oh, I, I yeah. appreciate that. Thank you very much. Hey, we got we got to talk about something you do only a couple of times a year. And it is going on right now, folks. Look in the bottom of the description. First line is a link to what we are about to talk about. But you are putting on some free education for folks that want to understand syndication, the power of it, how to do it, how to do it right. Why don't we talk about that? Because, um, you know, not I don't trust everybody, frankly, in the syndication space. I think there's a lot of people doing it to collect fees. I think there are a lot of bad deals doing going on right now. Uh, but as we've talked now for several years, uh, you're doing it. You're doing it the right way. So let's let's talk about how you're helping people. Yeah. So what's going on right now is I do this twice a year. I, I put up a uh, four video training series that's totally free. You just have to sign up for it uh, about uh, the topic of syndications. And, and there's actually kind of three major topics that we cover. The first is an overview of like how, what a syndication looks like. Like a lot of people have this question, like, what is it, what does it actually look like? What do you actually do in the syndication? I've heard about syndications. I know that like you have a deal and you get investor money, but beyond that, I, I don't know how you put it together, who gets what, how you get paid, how your investors get paid. So the first video just goes through that process and just walks you through it. The second video uh, fills in like a very important piece, which is, well, how do you find deals, right? And I, I, this is the same topic as like, you know, paid stuff that I have out there. You can get it for free uh, this week, you know, look for this video. So it's gonna tell you how to get deals. And then we talk, the remainder of it is talking about how you actually raise the money. Like how you, you know, it's fine, well, and dandy to know that you should get investors in your deals, but actually how you actually go do that, how you actually find investors, where to find them, how to get them into your platform. What do you do with them once they're in, they're in your platform? And then how do you sell them a deal? We cover that. Uh, so all you have to do is sign up in the link that Michael has put below. Um, Unfortunately, the URL, my webmaster is always making these super long URLs that I can't say on a podcast. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I'll put it is, there. <laughs> but uh, the, um, just sign up for it. Uh, you will get the first email with the link 24 hours after you sign up. And the reason for that is because otherwise it may get caught by your spam filter and stuff like that. So once you get that video, uh, you'll be able to actually go and see all the videos that are up and they'll be unlocked over the course of the next few days. Cool. And you'll get email reminders when they're unlocked. So the whole thing will be up until June 17th and then it'll be pulled down for another six months. And if you want to watch it in six months again, you're welcome to, but um, you know, they're, they're not long videos. It won't take you very, and you know, we have them spaced out every couple of sure. days. So it's really, it'd be 20 minutes here, half an hour there to, to, to look at them. Yeah, folks. And if you don't know already, if you look below, Jonathan has an entire playlist on my channel. I bet you there's a hundred hours of material 
of us talking about syndications and deals in his history. Uh, just go back and listen to him. If you want to know anything about Jonathan, it's in those videos and you'll see he is, uh, he's the one you need to follow, listen to and learn from around syndication. So that was really cool. Thank you for doing that. Uh, quick Absolutely. topic, quick topic for this one is I'm getting, a, you know, some newer investors, right? And they're basically asking, you know, hey, Michael, and I'm not going to turn this into, hey, Jonathan, you know, all of this kind of cancel rent, this kind of tenants collectively working together to go against the landlord. Um, their question was quite simply, I'm nervous. I don't want to be a landlord because of that. So, you know, I had my answer for it, but I, I would love to hear you, right? You're, you're doing syndications where in theory you have a building with hundreds of people in it where I have single family homes spread out over, you know, much larger geography. So I'm curious, does, did the cancel rent movement change anything in your behavior, how you look at deals, your risk profile, anything of that nature? I mean, I, the cancel rent movement itself, I think is just noise, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's basically a bunch of loudmouths who are able to get press mm -hmm. uh, and, and, cancel and say cancel rent. Where I live in Brooklyn, when, when COVID started, there were a bunch of signs out and like, they're all gone now, right? And it's sort yeah. of like, I, I haven't heard anybody talk about this in a very long time. Okay. Um, now that's not to say that there weren't some really uh, bad effects for <laughs> some landlords as a result sure. of COVID, whether that was related to people losing their jobs or related to uh, eviction moratoriums or all of the above. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's hard to say exactly what what's the cause of these things, but I have looked at properties where they have had, you know, 25% of their tenants not paying rent. Oh, wow. Right? And it is very, very difficult as an investor to figure out how on earth you value a property like that, where you believe like, well, once this is all over and people are back at work and the rent moratoriums are over, then, you know, then we're going to go back to normal, but in, from getting from A to B, we don't know how we're going to get there exactly and what the effect is and how many evictions we're going to have to have and how it's going to affect our rent roll and like, will we make our debt service and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, the sellers, have all been saying, oh, well, listen, I'm not giving you any kind of discount on this mm -hmm. because it's all going back to normal. So therefore you should pay me full price. And by the way, you know, deals are really expensive right now. And there's somebody waiting behind you who's going to buy this like regardless. Mm -hmm. So it, it's been very, very difficult to, to navigate this. Now, another sort of caveat to this is that this really disproportionately affects the C properties, right? This is not, you know, if your tenant base is people who just switch the location of their work from an office to their sofa, mm -hmm. then like you don't have a problem with those tenants paying rent. Mm -hmm. They're not typically gaming the system either, you know, except for maybe you got a couple folks who are, but for the most part, these are people who care about their credit rating, mm -hmm. right? Who care about, and who have the money to pay you, right? So um, they're not going to like be continuing to receive their salary and just not pay you because 
they they can because they are able to think like further down the road as to well then what happens when eventually i have to pay all this money back mm-hmm. or i have to like go through an eviction or whatever for them it's too much hassle so it it is uh to my mind what's happened in covid has been further evidence of why you should avoid c properties and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, seed properties are usually where everyone gets started. And there's always, always, always some nutcase out there who is going to come out and say, seed properties are better in a recession because they're cheaper yeah. and everyone's going to move into cheaper properties. Yeah. Doesn't happen, right? Does not happen. Maybe at the margins it does, but basically in COVID has proved this with the K-shaped recovery. Uh, I, I think it's frankly just, it's just COVID has pointed out the k-shaped recovery but the k-shaped recovery happens in every recession and this Mm. is i've been saying this for years if you look at the great recession the last time around unemployment went up to almost 11 percent. but guess what folks for people who had a college degree unemployment was three percent during the great recession Mm. right so what that what does that mean that means that it was way higher than 11 percent for people who didn't have a college degree i.e your C-class tenants, right? Mm. So, you know, that was the, the history of the great, the great Recession. Now we've got the COVID recession and what you see is, and again, we still don't, you know, there's a lot of people out there, I think, frankly, for political reasons, who, who wanna say, oh, it's all the, the COVID, it's all the, the eviction moratorium. And if I could evict people, we'd have no problem. There may be some of that for sure, but I think that that's like way overblown. And mm. usually the people who are saying it, like you can kind of tell, yeah. why they're saying it right because they that's what they that's their belief system yeah right a lot, a lot of political a um, lot of political stuff in today's world what, what i can tell yeah, folks or but, what i told but, my, oh, go ahead no so all i was going to say was that but whatever the reason is mm-hmm. whether it's people gaming the system like some people believe mm-hmm. it's people not being able to pay the rent like other people believe uh you know it doesn't really matter what the reason is the fact of the matter is you see it at the C-class properties. You don't see it at the A and B-class properties to the same extent. And it just goes to show you whether it's a business cycle recession, like the great financial crisis, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, this out of the blue, you know, pandemic recession, like this recession, you are not seeing like uh, healthy things happening at your C-properties because they're cheaper, right? Mm. And I hope, I hope that this puts this, well, actually, no, I don't. <laughs> I hope if you're listening to me and you and you follow me that this puts this stupid notion out of your head for good that recessions are good for C-class, but for everybody else, let them continue to believe it. Yeah. Let them go buy those properties, keep their attention on those. Yeah. Let's go. You and I will go and buy the A and B class properties. Okay. So that's uh, hilarious. That's you know that's my rant. Yeah. So I, what I shared on this story is yeah. What I was just going to say is what I acknowledge when I hear this, because again, I'm, I'm trying to help people go from zero to one, right? You have to acknowledge their fears and, you know, their concerns. So what I told them in a very, hopefully a very nice way was first off the last 12 or 14 months have been the hardest time to be a landlord in my 20 years, right? It's just been hard. I've made more concessions. I've had to have more conversations. I've had to, I've had to, I've had to credit or give up more income than I've ever have in the last uh, 20 years. So that's a factual statement. It was harder to be a landlord. 
That said, I still never collected less than 96% of my rent in any month the last 14 months. Now that is slightly below trend, but not an abomination, right? Uh, I certainly had uh, out of nearly 200, a couple of folks that played the game and played the game well uh, that are finally out um, for other lease violations. Uh, but yeah, they were, you know, there were a couple of $20,000 total losses uh, in a couple of houses. And um, yeah, those hurt. Uh, but overall, uh, what we have seen is, you know, we, we worked with the tenants that needed help. Uh, we got the people out that were playing games. Uh, and now what we're seeing, because this is almost behind us, is rents on single family homes are up 20%, right? When we have turns, they go up that much. Uh, rents are picking up in apartments. And, you know, I I don't think we're, we'll have another hard year is what I tried to tell this individual. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that sounds totally sensible, actually. And as is often the case, I think you're, the way that you talk is much more sensible and reasonable <laughs> and measured than the way I talk. I can get a little excited and rant a bit, but uh, <laughs> you're a much more measured person. But yeah. um uh, I, I'm curious, what was the, what would you say, mm -hmm. I know you don't have the stats in front of you probably, but uh, what would you say is the ratio of, for people who weren't paying, uh, the ratio of people who could, just couldn't pay versus people who were gaming? So I worked with, I think the peak month, I think it was June of last year. It might've been July, but it was the summer of last year. And I think we worked with 21. So it was about 10% of my tenants that month. It might've been two months mm -hmm. in a row actually. Uh, but again, um, I've only had two people that I had evidence that they were gaming the system and they gained it well. They, one guy was 13 months, one was 11. Uh, but the others, uh, uh, in the others, I had their app. So I knew where they worked. It was like, damn it, you're, you're working in a retailer and all the retail is shut, right? So the most people were, um, just like all the time, I keep telling people, you know, 95% of my tenants are hardworking people that want to live in a nice, safe place to live. And that, that held true before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and I'm right. sure it will after the pandemic. I Listen, I, this has always been my view of tenants too, right? They, they are they're hardworking folks who want to meet their obligations, yes. right? And, uh, and, but if you're dealing with C properties, sometimes they just can't. Yeah. Right, because they just they just don't have the funds and but they, they they're not there trying to game the system now there's always no. a few people and yeah. whether you have no. a pandemic or not like there's always you're always going to come across that tenant who like mm -hmm. comes and pays the first month's rent and then they start defaulting right away and they yep. know that it's going to take a couple months to i, I to wrote about out. that in my book it was my very first tenant my very first unit that sucked <laughs> yeah and that will happen, yeah. right? And that has nothing to do with, that has nothing to do with like the rental moratoriums or anything else. And I think those are the people, frankly, who are the ones who are gonna game a rent mm -hmm. moratorium, right? It's, yeah. not, it's not like you're gonna take a whole bunch of people who are like hardworking, decent people who pay their bills. Yeah. And just because someone says you don't have to pay your bills now, they're gonna stop. Like yeah. most people don't, exactly. most people don't act that way. Mm -hmm. But what I, what I have seen, I have to say is, there there's a certain there's a certain kind of landlord who hates tenants mm. right like i see this in my group sometimes before long before the pandemic 
they just had they would had nothing nice to say about tenants as a class of people wow. in general. Not right? cool. And just viewed them all as like horrible people who were just out to game everything. And it sort of makes you think like, well, A, what kind of people are you attracting yeah. to your properties? <laughs> yeah. And like, do you have anything to do with that? And and B, like, or is it the kind of properties you're buying, right? Maybe, and maybe yeah. you are buying kind of like the really the worst of the worst where you do have people who have all kinds of yeah, problems no other options you know, yeah. and, are, and have no other options like maybe you should be buying better properties yeah if that's how you feel about your tenants because i never felt that way about never like tenants yeah. as a as a group of people just you know you'd get annoyed when once in a while you have a bad apple and you're always and listen if you have a hundred unit apartment building you're always going to have one or two bad apples there's just no Agreed. way that you're gonna avoid having a couple bad apples, right? And you try to work on your screening process and you, you try to get that to be as good as possible. Mm -hmm. But listen, the higher up you go on the value chain too, the fewer of those bad apples that you're gonna get, yeah. right? So- Yeah, the other, the other uh, thing that, is, that I've you know, seen be beneficial here is um, a lot of people, especially these, these people who hate tenants, they only focus on how to get rid of bad tenants. It's almost like they're seeking them out. I actually spend most right. of my time trying to reward good tenants. Why do you do that? Well, if you're rewarding the good tenants who pay rent on time, uh, they are likely have friends that will be doing the same thing. And I've actually had entire buildings, or maybe not entire buildings, but 60 or 70% of the building over about an 18 month period, just turn over just because I put in one great tenant and they, they invited their friends. And now it's like this little community. It's, it's an awesome thing, but focus yeah. on the good, not the bad. And, and listen, but the opposite will happen too, right? Sure. Oh yeah. The, 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 tenant, the tenants who are get over type people tend to hang out with other people who are get over type people. And Absolutely. they talk about how you get over. And if they're in your property and they're getting over for a while, they're gonna start inviting all their other getting over type friends in. Amen. And the opposite will happen. And so, like this is if if all your tenants are horrible, I think you got to start asking yourself, am I responsible for this? Right. So yes, definitely. Uh, you know that's I think this is a lesson for for everybody. Not where we intend to go with this, but I think this is important for people to understand. You know, yeah. the 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 community that you establish at your property. Amen. Is going to determine who wants to live there, and what, and then you know, the better, you know. I think also it's it's like a lot of other things, like you know, treat your employees well, they treat customers better. Yep. Customers come more often, they spend more money, you make more money, Absolutely. right? Treat your employees like crap, then they treat customers like crap, and the customers stop coming. It's the same thing with apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. Treat your tenants well, they're going to be happy. They're going to invite other good tenants there. But if you're in there and your attitude is all tenants are horrible people and you treat them that way, then you're going to wind up creating exactly the situation that you're mm -hmm. complaining about. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on this is uh, my buying criteria during this last crisis certainly changed. I would say probably starting last June or July when, when I was having rough, rough that rough month, I, was adamant I wasn't going to be buying somebody else's problems, right? I didn't want to buy an occupied house or an occupied building at that time, right? That has since changed in the last month or so uh, because I do see the end of it. I've successfully got rid of 
problem tenants who were gaming the system. So I feel better about that. Hey, even if I take somebody over who's gaming it, I think I can get them out in 90 or 120 days. I just build that into my offer. So that's the other thing that has changed. So, you know, last summer wouldn't buy an occupied building, no chance. Uh, now I'm actually considering it. So that's the other change. Awesome. Very cool. Well, that was a great conversation. I look forward to number two, where we talk about the big cities are not dead. They're already turning around. Thanks, Jonathan.